Children's Church train is leaving the station, so if you're going to Children's Church, now's the time, now's the time. Revelation Station. Go. <laughs> man, amen. about y'all, but it's a blessing to see all these young folks. Amen? Oh. Amen. 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 If y'all don't mind, please do me a favor, and can we just give God the biggest praise we got right now? Come on. Come on. I said the biggest one you got. The biggest one you got. Not this one. If, if it's this one, do it. But biggest one you got. Come on. Come on, y'all. Come on. Come on, come on, come on. He is too good. Too good. I want to thank him and praise him for this opportunity today. Let me also, um, if y'all don't mind, give me just a, a few moments to uh, get some housekeeping things, not necessarily out of the way, but, but handle real quick. And if you don't mind, in the booth, can you take my game down just a little bit? Just a little bit. I don't want to be screeching. I don't want to be screeching up here. Greg, take my game down just a little bit on the lapel. There we go. All right. It's, it's I know. I know too much. Been back there for three years doing this. So I I learned a little something back there by now. But anywho, real quick, let me, uh, let me first off um, thank and honor um, our pastor. Our pastor, yeah, yeah, amen. And let me just say this, the only reason I call him pastor is for y'all. Because at the end of the day, he daddy. He's just daddy. Just, and, and I don't mean that in, 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 in a dismissive way of, of saying he's just dad. I just simply mean that um, long before he was pastor, he was dad. And what I appreciate is that even though he's been pastor for almost 20 years, he's never stopped being dad. And so um, I'm, I'm proud to call him my pastor, our pastor, but I'm even more proud to simply call him my dad. And, um, you know, I know there's a lot of, a lot of kids out there who grew up in the church or grew up as a quote-unquote PK who only know their father as their pastor. And I don't think that's a good thing. That means that the church stuff has, has superseded the home stuff. And I thank God that he's never allowed that to be the case. Because he gives, and y'all know how much he gives to this church, so just imagine if I'm saying that church hasn't necessarily taken away from home, how much more is he giving at the house? So I just want to thank him and honor him for all he does for us, for us. And I say that selfishly in, in terms of church, but also for us in terms of the family. So thank you. Love you. Let me also shout out real quick um, my, my family, of course, my mama and sister, and of course, uh, my 18 folks, you know, Ashley, Aiden, Ashton. Um, just in case you all don't know, we got a, a, a new addition. Nobody's pregnant. But we have a, a minor addition in the form of a puppy we just got, and he is testing us. But so far, so good. So far, so good. But we call ourselves the A-Team because it's, of course, me, Anthony, 
Ashley, Aiden, and Ashton, and then we got Jax. <laughs> Just messing up the flow, man. But, so we're going to see how long we keep him uh, based on him messing that flow up. But that's my family. And of course, of, of course, to my, you know, my, my, my cousins, uh, Sham, Greg, my uncle, and, and that crew and their crew um, in their absence. Just um, shout out to y'all real quick and, and you know, just thank you for always being so encouraging and so supportive. And let me also thank you all, 45th Street, 45th Street. Um, listen, I've only been a member of two churches my entire life. Only a member of two churches. Y'all know we talk all the time about First Baptist, East Bulls. That was our, that's our home church. And so I was with First Baptist. I was at First Baptist through those, in those formative years, like that, that middle school to, to the start of college time frame. Uh, and then I've been at 45th now uh, for just about as long as, 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 uh, as he has. And so I've been at 45th since I was, if I'm not mistaken, 20. 20, yeah. So, I've, so First Baptist saw me through my formative years and and 45th Street, you all have not only seen me essentially grow up <laughs> right in this congregation, but you all have helped me to grow up. And so I just want to say a special thank you to each of you. Um, I don't care what part of the journey you came in, whether you've been here from the beginning or you came in in the last year, I just want you to know that in some way, shape, or form, you've helped me to become the person that I am becoming. And so I want to thank you all specifically for that. 45th Street. So thank you all for all that you've done. Thank you. I appreciate you. <clears throat> all right. So that being said, y'all, listen, every time I get a privilege to speak anywhere, and I've had the privilege of, um, if, I, if my math is correct, um, since I've been speaking in any way, shape, or form, I've had the privilege of speaking at roughly about, I think it's a little over 300 events. 300 events. And um, I've always tried my best to be three things whenever I speak. I try my best to be real, raw, and relevant. Now, by real, what that simply means is this. I do not care whether you're in your tiny teens, your roaring 20s, your flirty 30s, your fortified 40s, your nifty 50s, your sexy 60s, your solid 70s, or your awesome 80s. All I'm going to be is Anthony. That's all I can be, authentically me. All right, and so hopefully by the end of the day, that will be enough. The second thing I try to be is raw, which means that I came here this morning to tell the truth, or at least my version of it, whatever that might mean. But seriously, um, I try my best to tell the truth. And so that being said, I know sometimes the truth might hurt before it helps. And so just in case I say something that proverbially cuts you, treat me like a surgeon and not a murderer because I cut to heal, not to kill. Right. And then last but not least, y'all, I got to be relevant. I got to be relevant, which means that when it's all said and done, in the words of my uncle in his absence, Anything I've said or done is hopefully something I can, you all can take outside of here and use it to help you, your boo, or your crew get just a little bit better. All right. And so, y'all, listen, I believe in the five B's of speaking. Be brief, brother, be brief. So let's get on down to it, y'all. So look, even though you all see me up here often, it's actually been about 16 years since I last spoke in this capacity in a morning worship service at 45th Street. 16 years. Matter of fact, if you all remember, if you've been, there, been here that long, you remember there was the, the, I think the big pulpit was here, and then the small pulpit was over here. And I remember I spoke in that small pulpit in 2007, and if, if I'm not mistaken, my topic that day was walk it out. 
that tells you how old that was, how long ago that was. Because we remember, if you remember the song Walk It Out by DJ Unk, who ain't nowhere around now, that shows you how long ago that was. But let me just say, y'all, a lot has changed in 16 years. Of course, there are some obvious things, obvious things. 16 years ago, I had a whole lot more hair than I do now. A whole lot more hair. L listen, I was nowhere near being a father 16 years ago. My address and their address was the exact same. And admittedly, honestly, very embarrassingly, I thought I knew a whole lot more than I actually did at the ripe old age of 23. It's painful how much I look back on thinking I knew back then and how much I realized, man, you didn't know a lick, <laughs> for real. But that being said, y'all, there are also some less obvious things that have changed in, honestly, just the past three or four years, let alone the last 16. So, for example, uh, well, and let me say this, I think COVID, for me, that was an interesting period because COVID precipitated a lot of the change that I've kind of experienced in the past few years. But um, there are some things that I once believed that I no longer believe. There are some things that I thought I had to do that I no longer believe I have to do. There are some ways that I used to move that I've simply stopped moving in. And there are some people I once bent over backwards to please. But now I just refuse to give people that kind of power in my life. Matter of fact, somebody said it this way. Somebody said that I, I walk in a room, I used to walk in a room and wonder if the people there like me. And now I walk in a room and wonder if I like them. Oh, oh. Kind of navigating that space right now. I'm not maybe maybe I'm not that extreme, but at least now when I walk into a room, I want to make it a point to at least try to get to know the folks in the room. But if they don't want to get to know me, I'm perfectly fine with that. And there used to be a time I wouldn't have been, right? And so where I find myself now, y'all, is in a place of freedom. And it's not this I don't care or I can do whatever I want type of freedom. That's not what I'm talking about. But it's a, it's a freedom to simply be me with all of my quirks and flaws and thoughts and ideas and beliefs and skepticisms and weirdness and whatever you want to call it. Pooisms, yes. All of that. I, I've just arrived at this place, y'all, where it's more and more okay for me to show up as myself in any space I find myself. And so there's somebody else in scripture that I think kind of speaks to this ability to simply be themselves. It's funny because pastor preached on her last week, H-U-R, her. And the person I want to talk about today is not mentioned a whole, whole lot in the Bible. And the biggest thing that we know about him is actually his flaw, his flaw. However, I don't really think it's a flaw at all. And you'll see what I mean when we get into all that. But for today, for the sake of today, the scripture that we want to look at today is John chapter 20. John chapter 20. And it's going to be verses 24 through 29. John 20 verses 24 through 29. And I'm going to read it from the New Century version of the Bible. And I think based as far as display capabilities, yeah, the one that we have that's closest to that is the NIV. So it'll be displayed on the screen. 
right, I'm going to read it. It's going to read slightly differently. Again, we, we'll display NIV, but I've got new century that I'm going to read it from. All right. All right, so here we go. The passage reads as follows. Thomas called Didymus, who was one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. This is after Jesus was resurrected and was appearing. The other followers kept telling Thomas, we saw the Lord. But Thomas said, I will not believe it until I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and then put my hand into his side. A week later, the followers were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, but Jesus came and stood right in the middle of them. And he said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your finger here. Put your hand in my side. Stop being an unbeliever and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, you believe because you've seen me. Those who believe without seeing me will truly be blessed. Today I want to talk for just a few minutes about the blessing of being yourself. Now, you might be wondering, what on earth does the blessing of being yourself have to do with that scripture? And that is a great question, and I hope to answer it in just a moment. But the blessing of being yourself. Let's get into it. Look, the biggest thing we know about Thomas, y'all, is that he was a bit of a skeptic. A skeptic. He's only mentioned by name about five or six times in scripture, and this exchange with Jesus is the thing that he's most known for. But check this out now. Thomas had been around the disciples and Jesus himself for at least three years. And I think it's safe to say that Thomas saw some amazing things. Thomas had some amazing experiences, and yet he still was who he was, which was a skeptic. When Jesus said earlier in John that I am the way, the truth, and the life, that was in response to Thomas asking him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Once again, Thomas asking questions. If Thomas didn't do anything else, he was going to be curious. And Jesus, guess what, knew that from the time he picked him to be a part of the 12. So the first point I want to give you all this morning is that the blessing of being yourself is that God knows you. God knows you. Because God knows you, something that frees me every day is knowing that I don't have to put on airs or be somebody I'm not. Because he formed, before he formed us in the womb, he knew us. And he called us fearfully and wonderfully made. One of the greatest gifts that I'm realizing that you can give to God, yourself, and others all at the same time is the gift of authenticity. The gift of simply being yourself. The gift of knowing him, him knowing exactly who he already knows you to be, who you know to be, and who other folks will eventually get to know. Now, let me make sure I say this in terms of being yourself, because a lot of us might get this thing twisted and try to abuse it. Me encouraging us today to be ourselves is not an excuse to not get better. It's not an excuse to keep being mean or having an attitude, because that's just my way. No, no, no. Because, see, being mean and having an attitude and being manipulative, those things fly in the face of being a Christian. Because as it says in 1 John chapter 4, those who don't love their brothers and sisters whom they have seen cannot love God whom they've never seen. 
it just don't match. The math don't math when you're mean and a Christian. All right. So listen, I know enough to know that at some point, y'all, some of us um, can just simply be mean sometimes. We can just be nasty. And I say we because I'm included. All right. We can do that. But here's the thing. Attitudes are like racism. You ain't born with it. It's cultivated. And just like you can cultivate something, you can also cut it out. There were some things that happened along our journeys that have shaped us into the people that we are. Some were good, some weren't. But everything that we've experienced has had a hand in us becoming the people that we are. But who we are doesn't mean that's who we'll have to be, especially if who we are can stand to get a little bit better. And I think the same in this passage is true for Thomas. See, we don't know much of Thomas's backstory. We don't know how many people disappointed Thomas. We don't know how many opportunities Thomas got denied. We don't know how unfair he may have been treated. We don't know how inquisitive he was allowed to be as a child. All we know is that the few times in scripture that he spoke, he did so with a twinge of skepticism. What am I saying? I'm simply saying this, y'all. God knows you and what you've experienced. God knows exactly where you are right now on the spectrum of your faith. And he knows what's led to you being there. He knows the disappointments that you've endured. He knows the times you were promised better but got worse. He knows when your genuine curiosity was met with disgust and disdain. He knows. And because he knows it, he also knows you. So guess what? While we might pass judgment on you, while we might not understand you, while we might think it's just a phase you're going through, take comfort in knowing that a blessing of being yourself is that God knows you. God knows you. Because God knows you, my second point for you this morning is that God also sees you. So God knows you. God sees you. But take heart, because that doesn't mean what we typically think it means. See, because Thomas was who he was, inquisitive, a little doubtful at times, outspoken, Jesus never once said, man, I can't deal with this dude. <laughs> he never got tired of him being who he was. No, instead, after his resurrection, just like Jesus made a special appearance for Peter and Peter, Jesus also made a special appearance just for Thomas. Just for Thomas, y'all. So, so to the point of God seeing you, a blessing in being yourself is that I've realized God will do for you simply because you ain't trying to be like them. Let me see if I can explain a little bit better. I've heard it said before that God cannot bless who you pretend to be. Now, I take slight issue with that phrasing, and here's why. God can do whatever he wants to do. So God can bless who you pretend to be if that's what he wants to do. However, if God blesses who you pretend to be, how will you handle the blessing once you revert back to who you really are? If you get blessed based on the costume you're wearing, it might be irrelevant once the costume has to come off. See, just like a Batman blessing don't do nothing for Bruce Wayne, the blessing for fake me does nothing for real me, all right? Does nothing for it, does nothing for it. So listen, listen, a lot of us, y'all, a lot of us lose ourselves when we try to attain the blessings we see other folks have. 
But there's a huge problem in that. Because here's the thing. Blessings are not attained, accomplished, or achieved. Blessings are given. Right now, and I might step on some toes when I say this, but right now, God knows exactly how many blessings you'll receive, when you'll receive them, and how you'll handle them. Regardless of what you do, there is not a single blessing that you can earn that hasn't already been assigned. Case in point, as much as I love Andre Sparks, I cannot pretend to be Andre Sparks because Andre Sparks has different needs, desires, and quirks than I do. Every blessing I need in my life is specific to my life, my situation, and my experience. And even if Andre Sparks' blessing also ends up blessing me, it's still not mine. I was just blessed by my connection to the original recipient. So what am I saying? Had Thomas in this scripture tried to play it cool, had he tried to fit in with the other disciples, had he said, oh yeah, y'all saw him, I saw him too. Had he tried to act like he already saw the resurrected Jesus, there's no telling what he could have missed out on. But because he was just straight up himself, and because he said, unless I see him for myself, I ain't believing nothing. Jesus showed up and gave Thomas the blessing of being the only one in scripture that I know of that actually touched the wounds of the resurrected Jesus. Jesus met Thomas exactly where he was, both physically and spiritually. He bypassed a locked door to get to Thomas physically. And then he told Thomas to come here, touch and see, to get what he needed spiritually. Jesus didn't make Thomas jump through hoops. He didn't make him say a special prayer. He didn't put Thomas on blast. And I hope you hear the message in that for you. When you are simply being yourself, your blessings are both specific and terrific. God sees you. And I don't mean that in the, ooh, God is watching you. I don't mean that in the Santa Claus way. You better watch out. You better. I don't mean it like that. What I mean is I want to make sure that you know that the creator of the universe is intimately involved in your life, ordering your steps, knowing exactly what you need to make it day to day. The blessing in being yourself, y'all, is that God sees you and everything concerning you. And when he watches you, he's not watching you because he's a creeper, but he's watching you because he's a keeper. He sees you. He sees you. Third and final thing, and I'm going to sit on down. So we understand that God knows you. We understand, hopefully, that God sees you. The last thing to know is that God absolutely loves you. God absolutely loves you. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I can't be deeper. I'm sorry I don't have something that makes you say, hmm, I need to go back and study that. I'm sorry this is very elementary. But sometimes, y'all, I found it's the basics that sustain you. Case in point, as far as I can remember, I've never had to use Algebra 3 to balance my bank account. <laughs> basics, right? And that might mean I don't have enough money. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But, but the fact is, because I know how to add, subtract, every now and then multiply, occasionally divide, 
that's been enough. All right? Basics. Because I learned in kindergarten how to say please, good morning, thank you, I'm sorry. Those words have helped me build and maintain some meaningful relationships. Kindergarten. Basics. And so when we hear God loves you, it's unfortunate because it has about the same effect sometimes as somebody saying, nice shirt. And here's what I mean. If this morning, before you got to church, as you were putting your clothes on, you were struggling to pick out something to wear, and you were a little nervous as to what it might look like or whatever the case is, if you step out of your house and somebody says, I love your outfit, that gives you a boost. That makes you say, okay, all right, I, I, I'm not crazy. Okay, I feel good about what I got on. On the flip side, if you walked out of the house and you said, I know I look good, somebody saying to you, nice outfit, kind of just rolls off, like, okay, <laughs> I knew that. Right? And so unfortunately, I feel like a lot of times when we hear God loves you, has the same effect depending on where you are. It may or may not resonate depending on what you're going through. But the fact that the creator, the giver, and sustainer of life chooses to love you, not in spite of, but because of, because you're his child, that should be something, y'all, that wrecks us in all the best ways every time we hear it. Realizing that God loves us should give us the same feeling we had when that particular person in your life told you, I love you for the first time. And let me say this, for me, it was the second time. Because the first time she said it, I was a little scared. I ain't gonna lie. It made me a little nervous. But I got it together, though, when she said it again. I was, like, I was all right. So the second time she said, I love you, I was like, woo! That's how it should be. Every time we hear, every time we realize that God loves us. So get this. In this scripture, in this scripture, the part that lets me know that I'm truly loved, again, from this scripture, is in verse 29. When Jesus says, those who believe in me without seeing me will be truly blessed. That's us. We're the those who believe in me without seeing me people. Y'all, think about this. In the midst of a conversation with Thomas, where he's giving Thomas what he needs, Jesus makes it a point to pronounce a blessing on us. Think about that. That's like one of my favorite spots to go to to get a little sweet treat is K&J's, right? And they really messed up a few months ago when they opened one right next to us. Uh, K&J's, it's a little bakery, pastry shop, etc. in case you don't know. But Jesus telling or giving Thomas what he needs and pronouncing a blessing on us is like me riding around with Ashton, I mean with Aiden, and me and Aiden, my son, we go to K&J's to get a sweet treat, and Ashton has no clue where we're going, has no clue where we are, and yet and still, I'm thinking enough about him to get him a cupcake too. Aiden gets the benefit of being right there with me, but guess who also benefits? just from being connected. Ashton got it too. So that's us, y'all. That's us. I firmly believe that this exchange with Thomas is in Scripture. These words that Jesus says are in Scripture because he knew there would be so many more Thomases to come. People who believe, but every now and then get a little shaky. People who are actively at church, but find themselves a little skeptical of what's happening in church. 
People who are trying their best to be faithful, but find themselves stumbling more than walking straight. 2,000 plus years ago, y'all, Jesus, in an exchange with one of his disciples, was thinking about us. And if that ain't love, I don't know what is. And so you receive this benefit of this blessing only if you are being yourself. As I get ready to go to my seat, let me say this. If you ever find yourself on the faith spectrum where the doubts are a little bit stronger than the beliefs, you're not going to hell. You're simply a Thomas. If everybody else seems holier than you and you're wondering why you don't feel what they feel, you're not crazy. You're simply a Thomas. And if it seems that no one quite understands you or what you may be going through, you're not alone. You're simply a Thomas. God knows you. God knows who he made. <laughs> nothing you've encountered, nothing you're experiencing, nothing you've gone through catches God by surprise. God sees you. Not only is he aware of everything concerning you, but he'll meet you right where you are. A locked door, a crowd of people, or even a mind filled with doubts and questions. Don't stop him from getting what you need. And God loves you. Y'all, it's a basic truth we learn, but it's also one we easily forget because we think that getting older means we got to get more complex. In some cases, that may be true. But in the case of God and his love, it's simple as this. God loves you. Not the person you think you need to be to receive his love, but the person you already are. Because check this. God's heart towards you will never change. And it's that unchanging heart that ends up changing you. So I leave you with this. I leave you with this. Don't be scared to take off the mask. Don't be scared to be who you genuinely are. Because guess what? Once it's off, the folks that genuinely love you, they're going to still love you. And the ones that choose not to, probably never did in the first place. And when it comes to God, remember, the mask never fooled him anyway. He knows you. He sees you and he loves you. There is an absolute blessing in being yourself and it's time for you to receive it. God bless y'all. Thank you so much. Bless you. Bless you. You want me to give you a light? You good. You good. I'm good. Oh, my Lord. My Lord, I'll tell you what, yeah, amen, absolutely, I couldn't be more proud. I couldn't be, I couldn't be more proud than I am right now, but I'm also honored that he came up here and blessed the Lord. Yeah, made his daddy proud, yeah, but he also honored the Lord by presenting what I think is a solid, solid word. On the Lord. Ain't no question about that. There's no problem in just being yourself. Yeah. I want to thank him for the what he's done in preparation. Yeah. What he's done in his presentation. And now that leaves it up to you. Somebody here. Will you receive the message that he said? That he gave? Somebody here has realized that, like Anthony spoke, they may be like Thomas. 
But you've also heard him say about what Jesus Christ did in giving his life for us. And so the opportunity exists for you right now to, like Thomas, validate that you believe that Jesus Christ is, in fact, the one. So we open the doors to our church now. We ask you, as the other leaders come forward, to come right now. Come on. I heard about Jesus. I heard about him living. I heard about him dying. I heard about him resurre his resurrection. I believe. That's all it takes. Do you believe that? And we offer Christ. Yeah. The doors of our church are wide, wide open. 